Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak his word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. One thing that I want you to first deal with is very important. Forget what people think. Just forget what they think. It's very important. If you are very concerned about what people think, you'll be acting silly. Just to please man. Secondly, I have nothing to prove. I have nothing to prove. I'm not going to try to prove to you I'm a great preacher. It's silly. I've got nothing to prove. Don't care what people think. I care when they are saying something that displeases him about me. And it's true. I'm going to work on that. I won't sleep when I know it's true. But if it doesn't have anything to do with me, I ignore it. Somebody said, well, I don't know what you don't know what people are saying about you, Pastor Goodluck. I said, I know they're talking all the time and I just don't care. I really don't care what they're saying. My heart is right before him. And I know that. So they can say what they want to say. But that's because I was correcting him and he didn't want to receive correction. And he's going to divert and say the people are saying, you, uh, saying things about you. For you, it's always the way you put it. There are no gray areas. It's either black or white. You, you, there's no gray areas. Well, I thought Christianity doesn't want gray areas. They can talk about those. It doesn't bother me. Now, it bothers me if you're saying something that's wrong. That displeases him, and it's true. I'm going to cry out to him for help. That's the only way it can stand. But trying to prove something, it is, it's, it's immaterial. Not when you're dealing with God, because he sees everything. So many times we are so concerned about what people think, so we are not able to be ourselves. But you have to learn not to, uh, to forget what people think. Today they like you, tomorrow they hate you. That's just the way it is. I got some good friends that don't want to talk to me. God actually delivered me. He said, let him go. He doesn't want to be your friend. Let him go. I got delivered that day. I just got delivered. Because I I told myself, Jesus died for Caiaphas, right? Did Jesus die for Caiaphas? Did he have a dinner with Caiaphas? No. Jesus didn't go eat with calves. He only went to places that people that celebrated him, that believed in what he was saying. He hung around those people and avoided the people who said bad things about him, including his family. It's true. We need to see scriptures and see what's going on there, the way he lived this life. He didn't hate his family, his brothers. They didn't like him, you know. They said things about him. Bad. So you got to find principles to live by so that you don't run into and fro trying to please everybody. You just cannot do it. It is too difficult to do that. 
And that's where God cannot reach us and really minister to us because we are afraid what people think. What if I fail? So I'm not going to pray because if I pray and the person doesn't get healed, what would they think about me? (laughs) Those are the things that hold us back. So God gives you a word of knowledge. You're afraid to say it. Because if nobody responds, then you're not really hearing from God. Now I wonder what they think about me. But what if you said it and God really worked on that? Then you become a star until you miss it the next time. (laughs) But just don't worry about what people think. And I found out that when you step out in faith, God's always there. He will always meet your need. Uh, and I'm being very frank with you. Yes, it's, it's what, what the Bible said the disciples prayed for, boldness. Boldness meaning we don't care what anybody thinks. We're just going to preach the word and pray for the sick. That's what they were praying for. Give us boldness to declare God's going to heal you this night. And pray for the sick and see what God does without being afraid. And then God shows up. So when I'm having a meeting overseas, the crowd, I tell them, God's going to heal you all tonight. And before I pray for them for healing, I tell them now, if you're sick, uh, why should God heal you if you're not willing to serve him? Make you well and strong so that you go sin more against him? They don't like that. I said, so it's time for us to repent so that God will heal you. They want healing, so they repent. Amen. And then God heals them. As soon as they see one person healed, the rest of them are ready. I really, it's a fun thing. I don't know what's going on. I act like I know what's going on. But I really don't know what's going on in the field. And God's not doing the work. But I see him do it. It gives me greater confidence. Because he is real. Amen. The, he is a real person. And I don't know all that he's doing. He's so mighty. There's no way I know what's going on. But he's so mighty. So I can speak with boldness in his name. In his name. And I encourage you to do the same. Speak to your issues, the problems. In his name. And boldly. Declare to your friends what you think God's going to be doing for you. Don't laugh. But when they start seeing it happening, it's no laughing matter anymore. They'll be asking for, you'll be having a lot of prayer requests from them. That's the way God does this thing. But we need to be bold and trust in him. Amen? Beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Beauty for those who mourn. The Lord God said, there is an acceptable year. And there is the day of vengeance. Of our God. Not vengeance against your life. But vengeance against whatever is causing you shame. Or causing you disgrace. Whatever is stealing what Jesus provided for us. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he came. That was his mission statement. God sent him so that we can have not just life, but have life more abundantly. And anything contrary to that is contrary to his will for my life. 
It's contrary to his will. And it's illegal in the spirit realm. And except two agree, they can't walk together. So I have to agree with God. You're right. You promised me this abundant life. And the enemy is telling me, did God say? I have to get away from that, listening to the enemy, based on what I'm feeling and what I'm seeing. Did God say, yeah, God said it. And I believe it. And let God come through. And don't concern yourself about what people are thinking while you are in that process. Amen? Just don't concern yourself. Because it's always a process. There's always a time. There's always a season. You may not be in the season, but don't give up. Stay with it until God comes. So they will be mocking, but they will be laughing with you later. And rejoicing with you later. So there is a day, the acceptable year of the Lord, and it's now. Second Corinthians chapter 6 tells us, I've been believed, verse 2, Now is the accept, today is the day of salvation. This is the right time. This is the acceptable time. Today is the day. And it says it's the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn in Zion. Everyone who is mourning. If there's a problem that is giving you concern and it's a pain in your life, God wants to comfort you. The comfort is not sympathy where they put their hands on you. Oh, I feel your pain. No, you don't know my pain. Okay? You can't feel it. God knows it, but He'll take care of it. He's to take care of the problem for us. He said to console all those who mourn in Zion. That's if you are a child of God, Zion represents the church. God wants to console you. If there's something painful in your life, regardless of what it is, God wants to take care of it. He wants to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So my conclusion to that is, depression is not a part, that's not part of my life. I'm not going to accept it. Do I feel those symptoms? Yeah. When things are not right, they come on me just like everybody else. When things don't make sense, they come on me. But you know what I do? I spend the next hour praying in tongues. And if it's really bad, I go to a quiet place where I can yell in tongues. That's true. No, I'm not kidding you. I do that. I do that. Until that thing leaves me, I'm not quitting. I will pray until I get my peace. That's just the way it is. It's a fight. It's really a fight. When something is disturbing me, many times, if you are a pastor, you deal with it. It comes all the time. But that's what I do. I'll find a place. Usually, I like it when I'm, when I'm in that, that situation. Because I pray a lot those times. And I'm not even aware I'm praying. Even when I'm laying down, I'm still praying. Till it leaves me. Once that thing goes, that feeling leaves me and leaves. I know God's answered me. That, that I already know. Nothing may have changed. But I got my peace. And usually, the answer follows that. With that. So you pray until you get your peace. You become the planting of the Lord. The tree, a tree of righteousness, the planting of God. You know, the children, children of Israel, one thing that you must know, God made this promise 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. But it's not all up to God. If it's all up to God, then everybody in the church will be enjoying these things, right? But it's not all up to God. You have a place. You have a role. You have something. You, you two must be in agreement. You have a place. You, there's something you must do. It's not a hard thing, but the main thing is agree with God and put action to the agreement with the Word of God. Let God know somehow that you agree with Him through your action and through your words. You have a role to play. The Bible tells us in Psalm 126, beginning from verse 1 through verse 6, it says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, in other words, when the Lord restored the fortunes of the people of Zion. That's what it means. Not brought back the captivity, not like God's taking them captive. No. When God restored the fortune of Zion, when God brought back the captivity of Zion, when God restored the fortunes of the children of God, Zion means the church. He says, we were like those who dream. It was like a dream. It says, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Laughter and singing. But notice what it says. Then they said among the nations, the Gentiles, the nations, your friends, the family, those that have opposed you, and said all kinds of things about it. The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us wherein we are glad. We are glad. But then it takes another turn. He says, bring back, then you've already said that, God, when God restored, now he says, restore the fortunes of Zion, O Lord. He's praying now. He goes back, he says, reverse. First he said, God has done it. Now he's saying, repeating the same thing. Bring back the captivity, O Lord. Uh, bring back the captivity of Zion, O Lord, as in the stream of the south. Bring back our captivity, O Lord. In other words, restore our fortunes, O Lord. He's already said God is restored, but now he's crying out, restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams of the south. Do that for us. And then he tells us, those who sow in tears shall reap with joy. So that's your part. God will restore, but it's got to be sown. You got something to do. You have a role to play. When you're crying out to God, it's painful. Yes, maybe. But God will restore uh, your fortunes. Because you are doing what he said. It says, he who continually, the key word is continually, he who continually goes forth, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in the harvest. Amen. So there is a role. Even though God can do these things, you have a role to play. Until you sow in tears, you can rejoice in reaping. It's not possible. There is a role. 
The role for me is believing what God said. That's all he said. You know, in, uh, excuse me, I believe it's uh, John chapter 6. These people went to Jesus and Jesus said to them, You're not seeking me because you saw the miracle, but because you ate some bread and you want more. (laughs) You remember that scripture? John chapter 6. And Jesus told them, don't labor for the food that perishes, but labor for food that goes on into eternal life. And they said to Jesus, what can we do to do the works of God? You know that scripture? What can we do to do the works of God? We want to cooperate with God. What can we do to do the works of God? Jesus said to them, believe. On him who is sent. That's the work. Believe. Believe. That's all he wants you to do. You want to work for God? Just believe. And act on what you say you believe. That's the work. That's the sowing. Act on what you said you believe. Let me show you how it works. If you believe God will meet your needs through your tithing, and through your offering, you tithe. If you don't, it's a clear sign you don't. <laughs> it is a, why should I give it to God? How do I know he's going to give it back? That's you don't really believe. Because if you believe, you act on it. So God, he experiences it when you act on it. He sees your action. You are not afraid. You are willing to let that go. And as you let it go by faith, then he responds. And it's instant. You know, I've always told people, especially when I'm praying with people to receive the Holy Spirit, and I told them very clearly, all you need to do, ask him. According to um, Luke 11, 13, verse 13, he says, uh, of, of course he already told them, ask him, you shall receive. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Is it so difficult to ask? I asked them. No. Well, everyone who asks receives. And if you ask and Jesus and you don't receive, did Jesus lie? Well, he can't lie. That means they get mad when you say that. No, he cannot lie. So how come you didn't receive them? Well, maybe I don't know how to receive. I said, everyone who asks receives. And Jesus said, if you then, being wicked, give good gifts to your children, how much more, verse 13, Luke eleven thirteen, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask Him? And they, their eyes get wide. Wow, that's easy. I said, can you ask? He said, yes, yes, we can ask. So we ask. And then I asked them, do you believe you receive? Yes. Okay, if you believe, well, let's put some action to this. And they said, yes. I said, so when you hear me speaking in tongues, if you really believe you have, then open your mouth and join me. They said, yeah. As soon as they hear me speaking in tongues, they all start speaking in tongues and they walk around with such confidence. And you can hear the tongues rolling out of them. And usually I watch them when I get back because I video those stuff. And you can see the one that's, um, that's not believing while they are praying, he has one of his eyes open. <laughs> he's, he's looking at everybody. 
and he's watching the others praying tongues. He didn't step out of the boat to walk on water. He was still at the boat. He building a new come over. So that's what we need to do. You have to act on your faith. Amen. And I tell them there will not be a split second. When you open your mouth to start speaking, the Holy Spirit meets you right there. There will not be one single word coming out of your mouth that's not coming from the Holy Spirit. Because as soon as you step out of the boat, the water is solid enough to hold your weight. He's the same God. All you have to do is act on the word. Amen? And, and for me, it's very easy. If I'm struggling, if I'm struggling, if I pray for them and nothing has happened, I'm not going to tell them, have faith. I'll let them know I'm still struggling with unbelief. Don't worry, I'm crying, still trying to get a hold of God. It's not God's fault. It's my fault. I need him to perfect. I have nothing to prove. I need him to perfect my faith. Go tonight, come back tomorrow. Maybe the way your leg is so twisted, that's bothering me right now. Come back tomorrow. I will have prayed and dealt with it in my mind so that my mind is not in the way and let God heal you. We got nothing to prove. But you know, the man uh, on the streets in Jericho, outside Jericho, uh, he couldn't, nobody could tell him to be quiet. He knew, we don't know how long he had been in that situation, in that state, mourning, wondering if he will ever see, sitting by the road. He had heard about Jesus. He heard about the miracles. But he lived in Jericho and had never had the opportunity to be exactly where Jesus was. And then some, one day he heard sounds of people. He, he says, what's going on? He can speak, but he can hear what's going on. Somebody said, ha, Jesus of Nazareth is walking by. He couldn't see him. Didn't know if he was near or far. So guess what he was doing? He was yelling out loud. Amen. He was yelling out loud. This opportunity is not going to go by me. He's got, I've got to get my healing. This is my time to get well. He was yelling. And sometimes people don't like you being too loud. But don't pay attention to them. You know what you want. Amen? They may think you are unruly. Forget them. You know what you're looking for. Amen? But they were crying out. He was crying out. They told him, be quiet. You're disturbing the peace. We need some quiet. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. He will not be quiet. He was yelling out. He said he yelled out even louder. And when Jesus called him, he threw away his jacket. Meaning, I'm not, I don't need this blind jacket anymore. I'm going to be well. Amen. He went to him. We must, if you want Bible type miracle, then you have to behave the way the Bible people walk in the Bible days. God is not a respecter of persons. If you meet that requirement, he's right there with you. We don't know how long this man had been blind, but God met him on that particular day. And in your situation, it doesn't matter how long your situation has been. 
but I just a few days, or but God can use me. Um, some of us have seen the video of the man that that died, the Nigerian video, that was brought back to life. They had embalmed this fellow. I mean, meaning they took everything, the blood probably out of his body and filled his body with embalming fluid. And God still brought him back to life. God still brought him back to life. The pastor said, they brought him to me. This thing, the chemicals were just oozing. This, the smell of it, the fume coming out of his body. It wasn't poison to him, even though he was sitting there. That's the God you serve. That's the same God. The pastor that came, you know, the pastor that came uh, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, he said, I live right across from this fellow. He's still alive today. He, he was dead. I saw that and I said, I don't care what happens. God can take care of me. God can take care of you. He comforts all who mourn in Zion. If there's a pain in your life, God wants to take care of it. We don't know how he's going to do it, but don't lose hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Don't lose hope so that your faith will work. Amen? It's not the way you want it to be. God has his own route. I prefer his route. Amen? (laughs) I want to go with him. Stand up with me tonight. Please don't forget Saturday, we're going to Calvert. How many joining me on Saturday? I need you all. Believe me, I'm pleading. Please join me. It's going to be wonderful. We have the bus here, and I've 